Welcome back, folks, to Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a sailor boy, and a nightmare fuel finder, Dan Masters, who my good friend, a man who is not a sad sack, and a man who needs to be ready for some visitors this weekend. Well, every human, Will, how are you doing? Uh, very, very well, though I'm, I'm also worried that the Mafia are going to come and uh, reclaim my unpaid protection money. <laughs> why, why you say that? Well, I need to be prepared for some visitors this weekend. Ah, fair which point, is yeah. An, an anonymous way of, of wording it, I'd say. You wake up in the morning with a horse's head in your bed. You know what's going to happen, don't you? Ah, fucking hell. <laughs> Far, farming accident gone wild. <laughs> yeah, quick, hide it here. They'll never suspect anything. You can't. This, this fly tipping's getting out of hand. I was going to. I quickly had to mention this nightmare fuel thing as I was blown away by a documentary I watched yesterday. Which was, and as you people listen to this show for a long time are well aware, I am more partial to the darker side of life and the more, uh, I don't want to say evil, let's, let's say interesting people who have wandered the earth, evil. <laughs> shall we say? You know, I, th- I think there are certain, there are definitely certain people that you can absolutely use the, word. Use the yeah. adjective evil for. Right. Yeah. And I think if any of those people crop up in this in this list and that you've called interesting that's going to fucking call into a into question a lot of your uh, a lot of your opinions on my life choices. You, you are right. You are right. <laughs> but none of those things ever bother me. I like I said before. I can look at crime scene photos. I can hear stories about people, and those things don't have never really got to me. I watched this documentary on Netflix yesterday called Last Breath. Dude, I was sweating all the way through it. I mean, physically perspiring. And basically, the setup is there are a team of saturation divers who work in the North Sea. And what they do is they spend a month basically in a giant tin can and have their bodies readjusted to the pressure that they're going to face when they get as far down as they're going to go. And they're basically working on the sea floor in some areas of the North Sea, which in some cases is sort of 350 foot down. So this guy is working on on something, on this part of this rig or something, you know, got his whole suit on, got his, like, this massive line attached to him that gives him, it feeds, like, warm water around his suit, it feeds him his gas, his oxygen, uh, you know, anything else he needs, it's kind of, he's tethered to this line. And basically this... Call it the the umbilical line. That's right, yeah, and they hang from something called the bell. And the bell is basically uh, a structure that sits in the water underneath their kind of tin can home basically which gets dropped into the water and then you step onto the bell in your suit under the water and then you sort of float down get to the sea floor and start your work something happens where the ship that's attached to the bell gets dragged off course violently because the sea was sort of crazy mad that day basically and it starts dragging him and his umbil- umbilical gets caught on this structure and it basically rips off so he is just left at the bottom of the North Sea on the sea floor, and they have to work out, okay, how do we get him? What do we do? Mate, I tell you. And here's why it's scary, is because they send this rover down to find him, basically, because the ship gets blown so far off course, they, it's basically a sail. Oh, my God. It's basically a sailless ship. So, obviously, it's like, obviously it's dark as hell. They've got no equipment. They can't just jump down and get him, it's fucking 350 foot down. The only people who can help him is the guy who sits in the, the tin can construction, who kind of checks his um, his readings and all that kind of stuff, or his other mate who was diving with him at the time. But the second the sea starts to go crazy and it starts to pull them away, 
they're both they're both basically told, right, get out now, get back to the bell. One does, but the other one doesn't. So at this point, there's only two people on the planet that can help this guy. Oh, sorry, there's only one guy who can help this guy. Basically, that's his diving mate. And it's about what they Fucking do. Hell. And so, yeah, so they send this rover down to try and find him, to try and find the structure. And he was just, he's basically on top of the structure and it's all on video. He's just lying there. And and you have, you have, ten, if your umbilical breaks, you have 10 minutes basically before you're dead because you've got two backup tanks. And the idea is if your umbilical breaks, you have enough gas or air, to, or oxygen, sorry, just to get you back to the bell and then you're okay then. That's all you need. You only need five minutes because it's, it's only sort of two, three minutes away. But obviously the bell's gone because it's been dragged away. It's pitch black. And this guy's just got to lie there and hopefully wait for rescue. Dude, I'll tell you. <laughs> Fucking oh my sweating. God. Yeah, pit, sweating. Pitch black. Just just waiting. Like, out of, out of my hands. Can't do, can't do anything. But it's, and it's only like, it's only 65, 70 minutes long. But it's absolutely gripping. And fascinating. Fascinating. I learned so much. I love watching a show that really does teach me something about nothing I know. And saturation diving was nothing I knew about. I had no idea they had to spend a month in this depressurized tin can, basically, before they can even go into the water. It was so interesting, and all the stuff that goes into that. Yeah, like like this mad shit that you've never even thought about or heard of. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, first of all, here's this mental thing that happens that's like important for for things that you just not necessarily taken for granted, but never delved deeper into. Yeah, how do you build a pier? How do you get an oil rig? out in the middle of the sea or whatever, like, right, these are the geezers who have some some part in that. Right, now you've learned that. Here's something fucking terrifying that can happen to these people. Like, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, think about how terrifying that is already, that you're basically 350 foot underneath. Like, he's walking, there's video, because he's got a camera attached to his helmet. He's walking on the sea floor. That alone is just nuts. That alone just blows my mind. Oh my god! And it, like I said, it's just it's fucking pitch black and freeze. It's north the North Sea. My dad worked on the oil rigs for two years, and he said, "Just you can't experience. There's nothing like it." He said, "You can't experience the the cold and what the weather gets like." And he said, "You know, it's fucking nuts." I mean, Dad said that when they would take helicopters in and out in Aberdeen, there was times where the helicopter would be just fucking swaying all over the place. And the helicopter pilots don't care; they do this shit every day. So then it's like, oh great, something's happening for once. All right, this is fun. But the guys in the back had always been doing that kind of, <laughs> like, you know, that kind of nervous laughter at each other because this, like, this helicopter's going 40 degrees one way, then 60 degrees another way. <laughs> like, oh my God. So this is mental, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my die. Ah, oh, shit. This is a bit wacky, isn't it? But yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, Last Breath on Netflix, really good. Just quickly on this because I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated about this aspect of it. Yeah. Does he, like, does he carry a tool with him? In case he has to like shank a shark or something. <laughs> when you said a, all jokes aside, when you all said, jokes aside. No, when you said a tool, my immediate thought was what, like a hammer or a drill or something. I was like, well, yeah, of course he does because he's working down there. And then immediately before, t- and then t- half a second after that, before you even said anything, I was like, oh no, he's he's from London, isn't he? He means like a shiv. <laughs> <laughs> Is he tooled up, mate? <laughs> he's going. He's going down there, turning these rivets with his bare hands like some sort of fucking nineteen twenty strong man. <laughs> yeah, just know, before. Does, does he have like a a weapon? Do you know what they never mentioned it? They never mentioned it. 
And there are obviously there. Are, that was the first thing that I thought. Yeah, about, obviously like. there are things that live down there, but I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see that. There must be stories of them seeing things down there, because it's the, mm. the the the. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but we know more about the moon, don't we, than the basically the bottom parts of all the oceans. That's a scientific thing that is bizarre. Yeah, or, or like I think space as a whole that we know about at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, because you never know what's fucking down there, do you? Can you imagine that though? Just fucking working away. Not only am I 300 foot down, I'm tethered to this thing. Oh, great, here comes a fucking shark or a fucking giant squid or something. I was, I was going to say fucking squid. What? One of them, you see them fucking 18 meter long motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Little alien. Oh, mate. I don't know. I don't I know. That's it. an interesting question, though. That is an interesting question. Stocks, what, you're in, a, you're in a diving suit. You're probably not. I'm sure it's like offers some protection because it'd have to be a certain level of thickness to like insulate you and shit like that. But. Yeah, if something if something's coming at you in it and it wants a bit, yeah, fucking hell. But yeah, oh, madness. Anyway, all right. There's your preamble for this week, folks. But is it, but in, but for once, an interesting preamble. The most interesting one we've done for a while, and unsurprisingly, the shortest one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a lot of playoff talk this week. It's in full swing. People have got, sort of been sent home, and in some cases, more surprisingly than others. We'll just go through some of the series and obviously we'll touch on the things that have happened out of those series from there. I just wrote these down in no particular order. So we'll start with Bruins and the Capitals. I <laughs> start, with, start with the good news. <laughs> uh, my, my thing from this was, my takeaway from this was, and I said this to you plenty of times, I genuinely thought this series would be dirtier than it was. I really believe that. I, yep. I was surprised that, this is going to sound terrible, genuinely surprised there wasn't two or three top end injuries just coming out of this series but the second as soon as or even like top end violent moments yeah. you know because there's been there have been things that have come out of other other series you know suspensions or otherwise but yeah we haven't it was pretty quiet on the physical front really wasn't it yeah like i said to you last week it was a very each game was very chippy but i don't know neither team seemed to kind of be that bothered in the end i don't know if it's because and this is the story coming out of Washington that basically most of their top players were fucking injured. And I know Ovi's not going to the world, which is he usually likes to do. And he's not going because he's been injured. And I can't remember the fucking goalie's name. Well, Samsonov? No, do the one. Oh, uh, do you mean um, the, fucking the Vanacek. Vanacek? Vanacek as well. So I was surprised it kind of finished as quickly as it did. And we've mentioned, you know, we mentioned turning points all the time, but the Bruins were close to going down 2 0. Taylor Hall scores, Bruins take that game, it's one all. And then from there, they just seem to kind of take over and it kind of fizzled out after that, really. Very surprising. Uh, one small thing is, it's all ifs and buts and maybes, and of course, but it's kind of funny that the Bruins decide to move off from Chara and Krug and go with just like a younger D. And now Ch- Chara and Krug have gone home. And so at the moment, it looks like they kind of made the right decision. I wasn't sort of happy with that at the start of the year, but I guess it's kind of uh, justified now, I suppose, in a weird way. Well, Char- Charlie McAvoy has stepped up in a in a big way. You know, he was always going to be a key part of that. Basically, coming into the season, guaranteed best D man. But he's, I think, it's fair to say he's exceeded expectations to an extent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. He's there was a, um, I think, it was an expected goals differential. He's the best D man in the playoffs so far, and by quite a way. It's actually, oh. I think, it's nearly two goals or something like that. He's when he's on the ice for. So, mm. I mean, crazy, really. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Taylor Hall gets to play in the second round for the first time in his career, which is mad. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> fucking Madness. He's like 29 years old. Jesus. 29 Jesus year old former heart, winner, former heart winner, and he's going to play in the first, second round. First overall pick. Yeah. 
and he's playing the second round for the first time in his life. But the Capitals are the interesting story coming out of it. We didn't talk about it too much at the time, did we? But the the Kuznetsov story is super interesting, <sighs> super interesting. And he's already there are already the chat out there that yeah he has to go. We can't we can't trust this guy. We can't sort of build you know we can't trust him in the in the team ethic of the sport, of course. And the Capitals are pretty fucking annoyed with him, aren't they? Yeah, without a doubt. And but there's the. I think in an ideal world or any other season to an extent, yeah, they'd they'd be trying to get rid of him. But the question is, can you fucking get rid of him? He's yeah, on a he's on a big wedge, what, seven, seven, seven and a half, seven two five? Something like that. Seven point eight fucking that much for another what four years, isn't yep. it? And when you've got he's a great player. Great player, Kuznetsov. Or or he has been a great player. The last couple of seasons he ain't he ain't fucking been all there, really, has he? No. Well, in their, in their cup got, run, he was fucking unbelievable. He was amazing. Yeah, un, unplayable. Fucking got 32 points. Should, should have been Conor Smythe winner yeah. for me. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. You can't. You could ever complain about giving over the Conor Smythe, really, can you? But that, that's the thing. He's got a big wedge. He's had... Yeah, it's not just that he's had a bad season in, in COVID. He wasn't all that effective last year. He was fine, but yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't the level that you needed him to be. And now you've got a litany of off ice issues. Seemingly, have we have we had the full details of what happened this time? No, but he broke COVID protocol, didn't he? That was that was it. Yeah, like he's basically just been and he was put on the co- he was put on the COVID list. Like yeah, he was put on the COVID list and not not allowed to come up. But whatever he's done. He's obviously, there's got to be more to it than just a bit of bad luck, like he bumped into someone at the fucking supermarket or whatever. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, he, got, he got mugged of his mask and then uh, caught without a mask. Yeah, somebody um, attacked him and licked no, him but, on purpose. <laughs> I wonder who that could have been. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, good point. But yeah, when, when you've got that sizable cap hit for that long left, and it's it's a it's a fucking it's a comedy of errors, isn't it? Big cap here, long long contracts length, seemingly on the downward turn, and off ice issues. Like, how are you going to fucking move that? I think realistically, there's got to be someone who's going to take him Ooh. just because of the talent. Quick game, fuck! I haven't played it. Quick game of fifty fifty, koozie. Oh god! Oh, here we go! Here we go! Koozie or koozie fifty fifty? No, because remember it was like, would you take this player at half their cap hit? Oh, oh, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Even with all the off-ice issues and all that kind of thing. I'm thinking like, you got to think yeah, like just... a hockey man. Think like a hockey man. If you're looking at it, that yeah, he I can't thought... be trusted to do the right thing for the for the good of the team. He can't be trusted to do that. Yeah, but how many, how many times have we said that hockey men don't really care about that sort of shit, do they? Ah, oh, fair point. It's probably, that, it probably endears him to the old-timers, doesn't it? <laughs> when you got with oh, he loves a bit of Charlie, get him in. Yeah. Um... I'd, I, yeah, at what, three point? I'd take him at 7.8, to be honest. I'd take a flyer on him. Really? Especially if, if the Capitals want to bid him off that much, then, then yeah. Because to an extent, if we're going to be really quite, uh, you know, callous and pragmatic about it, in theory, COVID ain't going to be an issue for the remainder of that contract. Yeah, true. And the only real problem with him being a dickhead off the ice is that it's wound him up on the COVID list. 
Yeah, that's a good been, point. You know, that's a good point. Caught, yeah. caught on film. Like if you if you still coming in, you know, busting out a point again. Caught on film. Cozy, <laughs> if you could just stay away from handheld recording devices, mate, you'll be fine. There'll be no issues. All right, do whatever you want. Just you don't just get it on his, video. You have a, you have someone posted outside of his hotel room, and you have to like it's like going into an exam. You just have to put your phone in the box. All right, like, do whatever the fuck you want. Or a Dave, or a Dave Chappelle gig or something. There. Yeah, give me your phone. All right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and like outside of winding up on the COVID protocol list and then having to miss games that way. Fucking whatever. If he's up all night on the marching powder and he comes in and gets a golden assist for you, what do you what do you give a fuck? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. it's in it's interesting that I, you, I know you, mean, you listed you listed all the things that are wrong with him are literally the entire list of things that could go wrong for a hockey player. And then you were like, yeah, yeah I still absolutely. take him at 7.8. Are you mad? Because <laughs> he's he's got he's got the fucking He's got the va va Maybe he need, he? yeah. Maybe he needs to change the scenery. Maybe he's too comfy or something. I don't know. <laughs> do, do you know what the hockey men are going to think? Go on. They're going to think get him on a team without so many Russians and he'll be all right. Oh, yeah. I guarantee that's a conversation yeah, you know that happens. It, you know it. Caps are interesting though. They've got some decisions to make. We'll we'll talk about Ovi's contract in a sec, which kind of rounds into these questions. But Ovi's thirty five, Backstrom's thirty three, Oshie's thirty four, Ellis thirty two. They got Haglund thirty two. Nick Dow's now 30. John Carlson's 31. Justin Schultz, Brendan Dillon, Nick Jensen are all 30. Obviously, Chara, I mean, you know, I guess he might come back or might not, but what do you do with that team right now? And what and what do you think Kobe's next contract's, uh, next contract's going to look like as well? I think what you do with the team is it's a bit like the Penguins, really. Like, as long as you're having Sid there or having Ovi there, you've just got to fucking go for it, haven't you? Yeah. Really. You've got to almost pay the tax of having one of the two premier stars for the last 20 years almost, or 15 years or whatever, like, and, and just say, all right, we're coming to the end of it, but we're just going to milk this for all it's worth and, and keep fucking going. Because it's it's about... Sorry, so cut you off, That's but like Freeman was kind of talking about this on 31 Forms as well. Like, it's, a, it's not about the on-ice product with Ovi anymore. It's about the fucking brand of the team having a Vetchkin. And if you've got a Vetchkin... Yeah, he makes the even money if you keep it off the ice. Yeah, de- definitely, and and that necessitates a, a a push towards being competitive. There's no point you can't re-sign Ovi and then be like, all right, we're going to bid everyone off and try and do a bit of a rebuild because what's the fucking point of having Ovi? I guess, what especially you... it's it's almost not. Sorry, it's it's almost not about even making the playoffs necessarily, which is obviously the goal anyway. But you want to tool up the team to get Ovi to chase the record, don't you? Yeah, true. What would you? That's what what you would you need? Want him to take us his next contract? Then what would you think is a <sighs> mate to, to to go back to Friedman? Friedman saying it's going to be a fucking eight figure deal. I mean, for for a thirty six year old geezer. I mean, how? Oh, fucking all due respect to Ovi. All due respect. I love him. Great player. Legend. Absolute legend. Yeah, second ballot Hall of Famer for me. But he's uh, ten million for a for a thirty six year old guy. There's got to be an element of like, look, look, Alex. Like you're still you're still really good. Not that good. Still really good. But you're old as fuck, mate. Like, here's, here's seven mil. Take it or leave it. Yeah. So you, yeah, for how long? For a year? Just put him on year deals now? If it, if it's me, yeah, year to year. But well, whatever he wants, really, to an extent. If I'm if I'm uh, Brian McClellan, I kind of say, look, length, contract length, I don't give a fuck. Like, we're going to... You're going to have to bite the bullet and accept that once Ovi does retire, that's going to be a fucking issue for the Washington Capitals, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But cross that bridge when you come to it. 
I say term is as much as you want within reason. Yeah, I'm not going to go past 40, but I'll give you fucking five years if you want it. But you've got to let me dictate the cap hit by that. Yeah, and if you want to, sort of, and if you want to chase uh, that yeah. record, that's fine. But you get, you're then going to need to give us some wiggle room in the cap to be able to add some players that can help you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Like Ovi is still performing at an elite level. He's still a fantastic player. However, he is still on the decline of where he was. And I don't care who you are. You cannot be entering the the twilight years of your thirties and be on the decline and get a fucking raise. Like that's not. Start. I don't care who you are. It's not how it fucking works. Well, two hundred two hundred hockey men may differ. Will <laughs> as we know, people get without, without a doubt. People like to get paid for their past accomplishments, don't they? Rather than what they're about to do. Oh yeah, and then I I understand it. I I, I do. It's it's a it's a veteran. Like fair enough. I'm not going to be fucking shocked and horrified if he gets ten million. But I'll still I'll still reserve my right to think that's fucking mental. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's start the show. Go on. As always, we are brought to you by Wave Intel. Are you a fan of a team that's already been knocked out? Well, Wave Intel can tell you how and why that happened and why any other team has failed so far this postseason, so you can really question that loyalty you have to the colours on that jersey. Wave and tell, online and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. Also, check out the Three Men and Their Babies podcast, at men underscore babies on Twitter, or on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. Leave us a nice review, it helps a lot. Tell someone you like the show, and if they don't listen, tell them again. We'll go on to Colorado-St. Louis next. I mean, I don't think anyone was predicting a sweep, but everyone had the avalanche winning this one. Find someone who looks at you the way Nazim Kadri looks unprotected shots to the head <laughs> in the playoffs. Find someone who loves you that much. Get out. Because <laughs> you'll never, ever be alone ever again. Oh, he can't, he can't, can't help himself, can he? He, can't, he just fucking can't help himself. Cannot help himself. Absolutely fucking insane. Insane. And fair enough, you know, everyone's gone through the injury and looked at it and seen it. We're not going to bother going through that. But here's my question for you. Can you blame him for appealing? No, without a doubt. You've got, you've got to appeal it. You've got, I, don't, I don't blame the offender for appealing because that's what you have to do. Especially when there's precedent of, of having, your, uh, having your suspension uh, lowered. Like, it's, it's a terrible hit. Diabolical hit. Eight games in the playoffs. Fucking hell. I mean, for once, at least player safety did something right. But then that's the the issue is is that they don't always do it right. That's the I think I said on Twitter that basically player safety pulls their punishments out of a hat. That that's that is what they do, and they just kind of yeah, without without a doubt. And, and obviously, George Paros loves Tom Wilson, so that also comes into play. Well, I mean, you could you can make the argument that there is a little coincidence that uh, the guy named Tom doesn't get a. A suspension, yet the guy named Nazem does get a suspension, which is interesting, isn't it? Really interesting. It's uh, really, very, very interesting. I think <laughs> it puts you in such a fucking hard position because, like, the 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 fucking you know progressive part of me is like, yeah, cool. Any hit to the head should be severely punished, like this. Eight playoff games, yeah, that's a fucking great example to make to try and stop people from making reckless, dangerous plays like this. 
But then there's still that part of me. It's like, for fuck's sakes, if we're not doing that for Tom Wilson, how is Nazem Kadri getting eight playoff games? And a couple of places interestingly brought up the 18-month thing this week, which finally got uh, cleared up, which was that the 18-month mm. thing for previous offences only affects how much money. It's got nothing to do with length of suspensions or that kind of thing, which makes the Wilson thing even stupider. That makes that even more stupid. And I guess mm-hmm. it's still... There is still something there about the kind of offence it is, which is if you trip somebody one playoffs and then next playoffs you elbow them and then next playoffs you board them, well, apparently that kind of doesn't matter because it's a new offence, which is a bit stupid. Well, I mean, it's really stupid. Yeah, and like I said, they, they gave him eight games and everyone kind of went, oh, oh, yeah, okay, good, good, I like that. Yeah, that's that's right, I I agree. And it wasn't just the rest of the series or... Do you remember, do you remember that one? <laughs> He's suspended for the rest oh, of the that, series. That, was, so that might be a game. Was that him or Kudrov? No, that was him. That was him against the. That, that was, was the him, second yeah, time yeah. against the Bruins. Against the Bruins, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think he missed. He ended up missing four games because it went seven, but he could have only missed two. <laughs> so it's either it's two or four. Which which one is it? <laughs> Fucking idiots. Either way, he wasn't going to play for the rest of the year, so it didn't matter. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing he's got. To, I mean, that's the thing as well. I mean, has George Paros done the Avalanche a massive favour? Because now he's going to be nice and rested when they get into the, uh, <laughs> maybe into the next round, the or conference even finals, the conference yeah. final, yeah, if they steamroll over their play next. So what, in theory, what he's got uh, five games left on that suspension? Uh, I think it's six. Did he miss, he missed two games, didn't he? No, this is in game no, he's, two, yeah, he's, it? No, he's missed two games. Oh, yeah, so yeah, so he's, he's only missed two, left. yeah, you're right. So in theory, yeah. If if the Avalanche get past the, uh, I don't even know why he's appealing. If the Avalanche get past Vegas or Mini <laughs> in six games, it'll be nice and fresh for the conference final. <laughs> or, or or for game seven, which is or for equally game, as important. Yeah, good point. Equally important, but yeah, no surprise. The Blues are interesting as well, aren't they? Kind of, I think I think like Washington as well. The the story coming out of there is that the Blues had a ton of injuries coming into it. Players playing hurt. But I mean, more hurt in the first round than you would want players to be. But got some decisions to make. A lot of RFA's, a lot of UFA's coming up this year. Yeah, there's a lot of well, you've got Schwartz, Bozak, and Hoffman all to come off. I know Hoffman was only on a one-year deal, but like that's a that's a fucking chunk of change there. Basically, fifteen million coming off. Then you need you need contracts for who we got here? Barbashev. Yeah, I'll be fucking nothing. Robert Thomas, good young player, but I don't think he's done enough to warrant more than like one or two mil. You know, same same with the rest of their RFAs, to be honest. Like, they're all perfectly good, but I don't think any of them have, have blown the roof off enough to to get more than, you know, your standard little bridge deal. You know what Doug Armstrong's like, don't you? He might be like... Because he was, he was always... Fuck the, this, I'm fucking... Yeah, the joke always was, wasn't it? That the Blues are in the playoff position, so Doug Armstrong better trade some players away. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> And he just never thought they were good enough. And if they get knocked out in the first round like they have done, he might just be like, fuck it, that's it. <laughs> we're going full rebuild. I think he should be, though, because I'd say he should do, but he fucking signed Jordan Bennington to that contract extension. So there's got to be an element of of faith in this roster, hasn't there? On paper, the team is built very well. Really well, if you look at it. So I th- it just ain't coming together yeah, to an not, extent. It's not coming I think- together. That's right. I think they're almost bleeding into that, like, like how we looked at the Nashville roster three years ago, say, yeah. however long ago it was. You think that's that's good? You know, you've not got any star players, all due respect to Ryan O'Reilly and Vlad Tarasenko, but 
you've got a lot of good players, good depth up front, good depth on D. But I think similarly to how, how the Predators have gone, the Blues are going. Still perfectly good on, you know, a lot of names that you like. You know, like Pareko, like Tory Krug now. Vince Dunn's decent. Justin Falk on the back end, you know, list all the forwards. But it just ain't just ain't working. And maybe that missing piece, the hardest piece to get, a, a fucking superstar, which Vlad Tarasenko isn't anymore, is is the thing that's holding them back and holding them back in a major way. Yeah, you could be right. I mean, they could. Uh, there's a guy looking to move in Buffalo, isn't there? I mean, I know they've done business <laughs> business before. Yeah, I, I think there's. I think there's two pretty high end top line centers uh, that are looking for trades. <laughs> you might have a fair point. We'll come to the other top line center who will remain nameless for the time being in a minute. Well, that that Eichel to the Blues thing. Not that there's massive traction there, but like it is a, is a, it kind of makes sense as a trade for for the Blues at least. Had me thinking like, does Kevin with a Y hold have any like hold over apprehension or resentment from the Ryan O'Reilly trade, or does he almost come in with a blank slate because he didn't make that trade? I don't know. If if you, I thought this when the the rumor was out there, but they cannot trade. Jack Eichel to the uh, to the Blues, they just can't. They just can't. I like, feel like the Pagulas would probably say no. They'd have to. The, the wounds would be so. The wounds have got to be so fresh. You're now training your number one centre again to a team who you trade. You know the whole thing. We can't go through it again. We've done it plenty of times, but you just can't. You can't. I don't even care the if they what? offer the best deal. You just can't do it. Just for the optics. The optics alone would be so fucking bad. But what if they offered David Perron, Klim Costin, and a second round pick? Oh, well, that's different. All right, yeah, all right. <laughs> that's that's a pretty yeah, hell, fair point. They can they can throw in they'll throw in Nathan Walker. They don't mind. Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of games last night. Series not over yet. Toronto, Montreal. We won't again. The same same with wrong. the the Kadri thing. There's no point going over the Tavares injury other than to say it was fucking scary as shit. Oh my. God, I thought the guy was fucking dead. I genuinely, I was genuinely thinking, oh, like, this guy's having, he's fucking bleeding or something inside. Like, he's breeding, like, it looked horrific. Because it's one of those when, because obviously he gets hit, he goes down, and he's on his knees. And I was thinking, oh, well, it must, oh, right. It must have been something that happened after this. And then he just, and then he just starts to slowly fold backwards. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, this is really bad. That like when he starts to fold slowly backwards. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! No no! This is really bad. And you know what? It's not breaking news, but fuck those newspapers for putting that picture on the front, dude. I don't even know. Like oh man, yeah, distasteful. We're certainly no strangers in this country to newspapers being shitty. That just goes along with that fucking constant narrative that newspapers just don't seem to. I don't know. It was just fucking just gross. Absolutely gross. But. I'm gonna. Can I, can I just point out? Yeah, go on. Oh, go on, go on. I was, I was going to say, my. I don't know if we were going to get onto this anyway, but the aftermath in that game with Felino fighting Perry. That's what I was going to bring up. My respect for Shea Weber has gone through the roof because if, if there was going to be a, an old school type player that I think would be beholden to hockey's codes and laws, you'd imagine you know hard nosed veteran D man such as Shea Weber would be that kind of guy. But you see Shea Weber in that build-up to to Felino fighting Perry, and even even Shea Weber is like, "Nah, don't what are you, what are you fucking talking about, mate? Like it was an accident." I think 
I think the fact that Felino understands that it was an accident and still fought Perry is it's fucking trash, man. It's fucking trash. Imagine how yeah. I know Corey Perry has his issues and his history and stuff, and like, you know, he's in that kind of, or at least was in that Marshan, Tom Wilson, Nazim Kadri kind of conversation for a long time as being quite a dirty player. But imagine, you know, dirty player or not, something as accidental as that that leads to such a, a clearly horrific, disturbing injury for someone who, you know, by all accounts, Perry and Tavares know and get along with each other from times with Team Canada and stuff. They're both London Knight um, alumni. To then come over, to for a fellow veteran to come over and be like, nah, you've got, to, you've got to take my fucking fist to your mush now because of an accident that, who knows, could have done something diabolical to to one of your friends. It's, it's fucking disgraceful from Nick Foligno. The only thing I will say is that that was the most unfightiest fight I've seen in a long time. It was purely a, well, look, we'll just do this and get it done, and then hopefully everyone can fucking move on. But then if if that's the fucking point, like, fuck you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I, I understand fucking the Rangers. I understand the Rangers ex- exercising frustration and having 25 fights with the Capitals. Like, I, I understand that. I can sort of level that in my brain. Whether I agree with it or not is, is a different thing, but I understand motivation. The motivation for, for Felino exacting vengeance on Corey Perry for a horrific accident, nah, it's, it's even more so when you mail in the fight. It's like, what's the fucking point then? You clearly don't think he should be should have to fight. Do, do, do you know what I mean? It's just it's just Yeah, I get what you're saying. Pathetic. I do get what you're saying. But then, but then Felino's from that generation, isn't he? He's like, uh, you hurt my guy, so we have to fight. So I, you know, I don't. Again, I don't agree where, with it. That's where it comes back to. That's where it comes back to Shea Weber for me. Because if if yeah, Shea true. Weber's saying now nah, he doesn't have to fight, obviously Weber's like um, biased because he's on Perry's team. But yeah, like I don't think that generation thing flies when the poster boy for that generation doesn't think that he should fight. Yeah, you are right. I I didn't agree with it. I thought it was stupid. And I think, luckily, <laughs> this is going to sound dark as fuck. Luckily, Corey Perry is not an absolute raging psychopath. Because I, I said to you on, on our chat, could you imagine if Corey Perry was an absolute fucking nut job? He does that, and it is an accident, but then Felino steps up to him, so Corey Perry thinks, well, you fucking stepped up to me then. And then what if Corey Perry knocks out Nick Felino? Now you're down two players because you've had to fight him because of an accident. And uh, yeah, I agree. Or like even yeah, if, if Perry like cross checks him or something in like a preemptive, oh, you you want to go? Let's, I'll I'll fucking have you. Yeah, I like you as well. If this was like if this if this was a seventies, Tavares goes down like that. The player gets challenged, and now it's just another fight. Now it's the, now it's on again. Yeah, I'll fucking fight you. I'll fight you properly. All right, he's I'll your teammate, you. yeah. but I don't care. I'm here to win. This is war. So. I mean, maybe, I mean, and then maybe that's why they did it. Maybe Felino said to Perry, "Look, you know, let's just fucking get this over and done with, and it'll be stupid." Maybe I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. I don't understand, you know, something like that. That's clearly a fucking terrible. Like, are you going to start fighting players now when they get to take a puck to the face off one of your shots, or, or like a skate to the wrist or whatever it might be? Like that. Yeah. That's that's your spot on there. Like it's in that level of freak accidents where it's like. Obviously, nobody's fault, and actually, the injury is quite concerning. So don't 
don't turn us into a circus by being like, oh, I'm a fucking big bad hockey boy. Let's have a fight. What can you do? What can yeah. you do, Dan? What can you do? I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I did think it was stupid. Tristan Jerry may cost the Penguins the series against the New York Islanders. He has had two blunders now that have cost the Penguins two games. I don't know what he saw in that double overtime the other night, but for some reason he did not see Josh Bailey (laughs) right there in front of his goal. Oh my God. Like that's, that's diabolical goaltending and like hilarious. If it happens in the second period of game 32, (laughs) double OT. So it's like to put the other team up in a series lead to put you on the brink of elimination. I, I think I, I think I've understood now that my favourite thing in hockey is is goalie brain farts. It has to be. <laughs> As a goalie, I'm deeply offended. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's such a like, uh, yeah. On the surface, like yeah, every if if a forward has like a Mister Simon or whatever, or just like fucking zones out or whatever it might be for a second. All right, that might be costly, but fair enough. Like, but if a goal, if it fucking happens to a goalie. Oh, Dude. it's just beautiful. I said to you before, I said to you oh before, mate. God. It's the it's the loneliest position on the pitch, on the ice, on the fucking astroturf, whatever you want to call it. Whenever you're a goalie, and that's why all goalies have to be fucking nuts. Is that it's always, always all on you. And I know Paul Campbell said it before when he was on the show. You can save forty five shots, but you give up. If Tristan Jerry could have been, that could have been nil nil. Tristan Jerry could have saved forty six out of forty six. He does that. And the next day, that's it. Everyone's just going to fucking waste him. Waste him. It's such a maddening position to play. And I'll say this, I, I fucking laughed my ass off and then immediately felt bad <laughs> because he's the goal. He's goalie union. I feel bad for the dude. I feel bad for him. But it was hilarious. Yeah, fu- fucking like not, not only is it a diabolical pass to seemingly nobody, <laughs> it, he's so far out from his net as well. It's like he's gonna any any chance he would have had to get set and and recover and get ready to save the the rush that was coming back at him. He has to spend getting back to his fucking crease. Do you know what the worst thing was it's, as well? If Josh Bailey had hit that shot right, he would have saved it. But the shot like took a deflection, bobbled up, but just kind of looped over him. It wasn't even a good shot. <laughs> That's what made it even worse. It's one of those ones where if Josh Bailey hits it properly. You would have said, oh, he hit it too well. He actually made it easier for the keeper because it was a straight shot and it looked like it should look. But it just kind of wobbled and took a bit of a turn and just had a little flip. slow motion. Oh yeah, just slow motion over his glove. You're like, oh my God, no. It's so bad. So what, what you're saying is it's not actually um, it's not actually Christian Jerry who's at fault. It's whoever slashes Joss Bailey. Did you say, did you say, Christian, did you say Christian Jerry? I think I did. Well, oh, sorry. I said Christian instead of Tristan. Yeah. Is that? <laughs> oh, what, what, a, what, a, what an embarrassing blunder on my part to. Uh, to... All right, Fucking calm Tristan. down, Bill. Fucking hell. <laughs> just, just say it, mate. Yeah, whoever, whoever slashes uh, Jeffrey Bailey. <laughs> whoever the fuck that was, number forty-two. Who's that number forty-two? I don't give a fuck. Whoever does that, it's actually their fault. Yeah, it is their fault completely. And that's why I'll have to support my Goldie brethren. It's their fault. It's not Tristan Jarry's fault because he was set perfectly up for that shot, but the stupid Penguins defense fucked it for him. 
I feel, I feel like that's the that's the argument that Edge and Christian Jerry has to make to Mike Sullivan. They're in the, they're in the video room the next day. He's like, "Fucking look, look! I was ready. I was raring to go. It was all part of the plan." Oh, dear me. Another goalie having a memorable series for different reasons. There we go. Put my teeth back in. Yushi Saros is playing incredibly well and keeping the Preds in this series. I know they lost last night. It's down three. They're down three to two, but. This series is way more interesting than any reason to than any reason to be, because UC Sarah is just playing really well. And I did enjoy Luke Coonan nearly killing his teammate with a celebration when he scored that OT winner the other night. That was funny. I, I thought you were going to say I did enjoy Luke Coonan almost killing Andre Svechnikov, but uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> what was it? What was this celebration? I didn't see a celebration. So it was a, I think it was a double OT winner, and he basically mm. dives. Have you ever seen? Uh, do you remember Steve Austin back in the day, the wrestler, and he would do a move called the Thez Press, where another wrestler oh, would yeah, yeah, bounce yeah. off the ropes, and Steve Austin would jump literally onto them and straddle them and then punch them. It was that. It was a Thez Press without the punches. And then he fucking wipes out his teammate. <laughs> it was really da- It looked really Guy. dangerous. It looked really dangerous. Guy falls to the ice and he starts stomping the mud hole. <laughs> Walking it dry. Fair play to... UC Saros, but as we said, let's hope Carolina gets through this because I'd much rather watch Jeez Carolina Louise. than the Preds. Yeah, it's, it's like you say, this is far more of a series than it anyone thought it it would be, and and probably that it deserves to be if it's not for for UC Saros. But yeah, it's got it's got to be it's got to be got to be Carolina. But all of the series that are still going, bar the Leafs. I say very hesitantly, are proper coin flips. Like I don't, I don't like any of them because they could go fucking either way at the moment. I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Vegas mini Minnesota win a game when they have fourteen shots and score four goals. Just fantastic. Love that. You, and you love to see it. I love to see it. Vegas had forty shots. I think scored two or three. Did you see Mark Stone's shorthanded goal when he fucking lost his mind? No. <laughs> right. So it's a shorthanded goal. Obviously, the uh, Wilder on the power play. Mark Stone gets it. He takes it down the right-hand wall, cuts in. He then takes the shot, loses his stick mid-shot, gets checked by somebody as he's coming in, crashes into the net after he scores. So everyone's like a three-man pile up on the floor. And then Mark Stone gets up and starts swinging his arms like a chimp at a 90s rave. And he's got his fucking wild hair going and... Playoff Mark Stone is the absolute best thing. This I love this guy so much. He's fucking nuts. He's absolutely crazy. For for one of the best players in the game, yeah, he's, he's just a fucking. If you if you saw Mark Stone, I oh, I read some story about. I don't know if you saw a story about the geezer who'd been in a cabin for the duration of COVID. I didn't see that. No. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily a big story. Like more more like an anecdote. It's like in like a relatively rural part of the states maybe like utah or denver or fucking something so this geezer like fucking has been been up in his cabin just living off grid for for however long yeah long enough that he run apparently ran out of oats for his porridge so he had to go into (laughs) go into the town to get some fucking oats and he comes in everyone's masked up there's all this shit about fucking covid and that like apparently he just goes into the shop and is like Please help me! What the fuck's going on? Like, <laughs> people had to sit him down, get him a mask, and be like, "This is fucking, this is what's happening." 
my advice is get your oats and, uh, and and fuck off. But the point being, if you've read that story and it was a picture of Mark Stone as the geezer had been living off grid, <laughs> you wouldn't. Even as a hockey fan, I don't think you'd be you. You wouldn't even think about it. It'd just be, oh, that's Mark Stone. Yeah, if he gets the if he gets the Tim Thomas treatment after he retires, like what's he doing now? I don't know. He lives in the wilderness somewhere. No one's seen him for sort of eight years. Oh right, okay. <laughs> and then Mark Stone just emerges from some fucking bush somewhere. You're like, oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I guess he's been doing that for the past eight years. Oh, what a guy! What a guy! But I think yeah, Vegas has got to put that away, right? They are. They will do, won't they? I mean, they have to. Like Kaprizov isn't has a, is clearly a bust. Now that he's in the playoffs, yeah, only yeah, two yeah. points in the five yeah. games so far. He's he's clearly not what he what he was. It was all an apparition in the in the in the regular season. I like I said, I don't I don't I don't want to go either way. I I don't fucking know. I don't know, I don't have a fucking clue what's going to happen. It's scary. I'd say Vegas, but fucking when Minnesota are winning games off of fourteen shots, like how can you how can you fucking bet against them? One of the best series so far, Tampa, Florida, everything we've hoped it's been. i got to say, did you see Kucherov go down from that shin tap from Anthony Duclair? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, Jesus I, Christ. There's, there's been a lot of fucking... When you talk about playoff hockey and you talk about rivalries, quote-unquote, and things getting nasty, things getting crazy, that this Tampa-Florida series has had it fucking all, hasn't it? Yeah, I'll say for sure. This has been... This is a probably been the best series i think so far hasn't it actually thinking about it yeah, yeah i'd say so i think so yeah for sure and it's without without a doubt plenty of needle plenty of uh cheap shots a couple of fights lots of good goals lots of action spencer knight you've now got a hot rookie goalie coming into the mix gives up a goal in the playoffs on his first ever shot and then goes perfect <laughs> the rest of the way you can't write it I, d- I don't know if that's necessarily um how he would have wanted that to go personally, but fucking same result at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. If you said to if you said to him, you're going to concede a goal on your first shot and then not concede again for the rest of the game, you'd be like, all right, yeah, I'll take that. I don't mind that. Do you, do you reckon you could fucking bank on yourself? If that was like a a prediction, do you reckon you could bank on yourself to actually follow through and, and keep, have, you know, keep the cool head after letting one in on your first shot? <sighs> yeah, you have to, don't you? Because that's the that's the that's a goalie thing. That's the kind of you have to be able to just say, ah, fuck it, let's move on, forget it, who cares? Because you have to. Yeah, you once can't... it's gone in. It's yeah, done. once it's gone in, what you, there's nothing you can do about it. It's like goalies who get pulled and stuff. Not every goalie who's conceded five goals and just collapses like a flan in a cupboard, do they? You can't. You have to. Okay, got to come back the next go and we'll go again, kind of thing. But... Yeah, you got to make sure the next shot doesn't go in. Exactly. So yeah, I think it'd be. I think it'd be fine. And. So I'm kind of hoping that uh, Bentonite wins this next game at least because it would then give the Panthers some very interesting choices to make in regards to Sergei Bobrovsky <laughs> and his deal. Because then, are you looking at then at trying to buy out a, t- a $10 million player in what, year two of his deal? Because Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not like... Um, Chris Dreiger, I mean, Chris Dreiger's play. You could, you could, like, you could absolutely have Chris Dreiger as your backup if you're going to go, you know, like that kind of one A one B stuff. Chris Dreiger was perfectly good this year, perfectly good. Was it nine? I think he had nine twenty five, nine twenty seven in twenty odd games. After just kind of, <laughs> yeah, but I, I still, I still think you've got to fucking, uh, you've got to assume that that Chris Chris Dreiger, um, that Chris Dreiger year is a, is just a one off in it. Yeah, but. 
if you're paying, like we've said, goalies make goalies voodoo. Are you banking on a? Are you going to bank on your ten million dollar goalie? Because let's be fair, it's not as though <laughs> it's not as though you're getting Bobrovsky you ten million, to. and that's like a kind of guarantee, is it? There's nothing. That's not a guarantee. No, you're not. You're not even necessarily getting six million dollars worth of worth of fucking goalie of, out of that of Bob. Exactly. I, I think realistically, yeah. If if Spencer Knight carries on and, and does a bit of a Thatcher Demko. Yeah, maybe they'll use them in like a platoon, but there's no way they're getting. They can't get rid of Bobrovsky. They they can't. How you can't do it from like a PR standpoint? Fucking second year of your contract, and you're you're trying to get rid of this ten million dollar geezer. But at the same time, like yeah, but you can't keep him out of spite, <laughs> can you? It's not even out of spite. It's like necessity. Like you have invested so much in this player. Yeah, How but can that, you... yeah, but it's a sunk cost, isn't it? What's the what like what's the alternative? Do you just keep hoping he's going to turn it around at the cost of ten million dollars on your cap? You can't yeah, do it's, that. It's can not you? like he's, he's just had a bit of a bad year. As much as we've dunked on him all year for it, <laughs> did we say this he's last had a bit year? of a bad year? It's not like he's it's not like he stabbed Vinnie Viola's wife or anything like that. This isn't a fucking you know no no turning back sort of situation. This is just. He hasn't been worth ten million. Yeah, but dude, that ten million is more than ten percent of the the entire cap hit for your team. <laughs> I know you don't need to tell me that. Um, <laughs> I just think like how how could you possibly do that? How could you possibly? It's like if Madrid tried to sell Hazard. You fucking can't. Like it's you've you. There's too much riding on it. You just got to fucking wait it out and see what happens. No, you're cra- dude. That's such a bad business decision. That's so, that's like that's like we've invested all this money in Bitcoin and it's tanked. Let's just keep investing in case it goes back up. Okay then. <laughs> what if he? Okay, the issue is right. If you cut it, not cut him. If you buy him out or if you trade him, yes, you made a bad choice. It was a bad move and it didn't work. If he stays there, the longer he stays there, the worse it gets. Because then the thing is. Like you said, we're not even getting five million dollars worth out of this goalie, and he costs us twice as much as that. And if we had, if we had Spencer Knight and Chris Dreger in there, and we're paying them five million combined, and we're getting the same amount of production, then we'd get off him. Then we can invest out of five million somewhere else, or we could at least try and do something. I think just saying because we decided to pay ten million for him a couple of years ago, and it was a bad decision, therefore we've got to keep doing it so we don't look a bit silly. He's mad. <laughs> That's but I was just thinking in the in the pro sports landscape. Do you do you want to know? Do you want to know? So if they, if they buy him out on July fifteenth, because for some reason you can't. Uh, oh, I looked at this yesterday. I looked at this yesterday because I was I was straight away no. as soon as I saw Spencer Knight won that game, I was like, all right, what's Bob's buyout? <laughs> Let's have a look. Answer. Straight out to Cap Friendly. Shout out to Cap Friendly, as always. Yeah, he's he's going to be making either six or seven million. Well, he's going to cost them five point eight or six point eight million against the cap for the next five years. For the next five years, that's such a big number to still have dead on your books that I think you you've got to roll the dice and hope that Bobrovsky turns back into a Vesna caliber goalie. Oh, yeah, you make a point. It's Six and seven million is so yeah, that's so much money, isn't it? That's not... fucking so much. Even if it was like four million for ten years, that'd be like all right, fair enough. Maybe you consider that, but yeah, a, a topping at three years of seven million, two years of six for the first five years, like that's such a you can't, you can't. And again, it's not like they've 
I don't know who to compare him to, but like there is so, where goalies are so voodoo, and we've even seen it in Bobrovsky's own career before. Next year he could be fucking nine twenty seven throughout the season and be lights out for him. And imagine, imagine that you've got you've got that dead cap it for a decade, <laughs> and then he goes and goes and signs for fucking whoever, and then puts up even decent numbers, even decent numbers, while you're struggling to fill out a roster because you've got basically 10% of a flat cap locked up in in saving face. You look like a dickhead, don't you? I guess so, but yeah, the the idea of keeping him around so we don't look because we might look silly is <laughs> one, two, three. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But but what I just think what else can you do? Yeah, what can you do? You're right, because yeah, looking at his but hang on then. Alright then though. No. I can't believe we've got two of these in the same show after not doing it for ages. Fifty fifty. Are you taking Bob for five million for the next five years? Nah, yeah. fucking absolutely not. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. Never in a million years. I'm, I'm saying because the Panthers already have him. They've already said yes. They've done the deal. They fucking got him. The Panthers' choice is either... That's amazing. Oh, About those two 50-50s. The koozie one, you listed four or five reasons why you should not keep that player around. And I'm 50-50, and you went, fuck yeah, I'll take him at full price. And then I said about Bob, and you were defending him. I'm like, 50-50, and you went, are you mad? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Make your fucking mind up. What's going on? The, 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 the difference is with those two players, there's a significant difference between those two players. And it actually comes down to one single letter. You get get those two players listed. You know, you get, I, I think they're a similar age. You, know, you sort of active Russian NHLers by by age, and they just happen to be next to each other. What the, what the letters next to their name is going to say? One's going to say G, and one's going to say C. And the C is so much more valuable and a, a more worthy risk to take for me than it is on on Bobrovsky as a goalie for five whole years at five million. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't argue with that point. I can't argue with that point. It just made me chuckle. That was thank all. you. Oh no, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful dichotomy of um of fucking sports. Any 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 basically any sport really, there's always gonna be those positional differences and situational differences where yeah, yeah, like you say, you can you can reasonably defend and say, Oh, maybe it'll be get, get better, but equally I don't want to fucking touch that with a barge pole. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I'm not, I no way I'm taking no way I'm taking Bob for five million. Not now. And not oh, now he's gonna be thirty thirty three next year. And like we said, you see me goalies plenty of times. One little funny knee tweak or ankle or hip or something, and that's it. You are fucking done. You see, can't move. Yeah, see you later. And that's it. This is it. And especially, it's the salary cap as well, because you can't necessarily compare it. To, uh, I was going to try and think of a footy analogy, but you can't because there's not a salary cap. So even if you end up with like a, a player on big money that's potentially going to be shit or whatever... You can, depending on your owner, you can. That's not going to necessarily affect your club as much as it would do in in a salary capped sport. Yeah, I've just I've just seen something fantastic as well. There's another really big reason why you cannot buy out Sergei Bobrovsky because you're already bought out and paying Scott Darling for the next two years, and oh you've got Roberto Luongo on the cap for the next year as well. You can't have oh three goalies on the cap who have totally fucked you over. <laughs> For the next at least two or three years. <laughs> so that'd be uh that'd be what? Oh god. <laughs> that'd be eight million dollars in three goalies who are not are not playing for you. Yeah, that you're paying to not play for you. <laughs> oh oh god. Oh god, how how God, how do these fucking people get jobs? Jesus Christ. God, they're so fucking dumb. 
That's so dumb. How is that possible? Oh, dear. You know, uh, pop, pop quiz, where is Scott Darling playing his hockey this year? I mean, obviously, the first answer is the KHL. Uh, no, not the KHL. Which means it's not as good as the KHL. Okay. Scott Darling, fucking hell, where's he playing? Let's go with AHL? He is playing NHL Ultimate Teams on his fucking sofa. Because <laughs> he, he did play in the AHL this year. He played in the AHL this year. He played for played for the Ice Hogs, Rockford Ice Hogs. Oh, okay. He played played one game and let him five fucking goals. <laughs> of course he did. Geese was fucking cooked. Stanley Cup champion and he's fucking cooked. Do you know what though? Oh, do you know what though? We keep saying we're gonna do, we're gonna do a snake team, in like aren't we? We're gonna we're gonna draft the snake team in the summer when the Stanley Cup's finished. There's a fucking early shout for our goalie. I can I, I I wholeheartedly disagree. No, I'm not saying like it's guaranteed, but that's an early shout. It's an early he's, shout. He's definitely gonna be he's gonna be in consideration. Yeah, but I'll, I'll I'll save the I'll save the argument for the episode in the summer. But yeah, I've got I've got reasons for why dude dude he's Scott being Darling paid not he's, been, he's been paid this year nearly two and a half million dollars to play on his ps4 <laughs> <laughs> think of it like oh, that. that's got, fucking nuts has he got any esports has he we've well, seen he's playing all the teams on his couch <laughs> so <laughs> I was, oh i got it if he's, he's, if he's then becoming like a pro street fighter player yeah, as well yeah <laughs> pro street fighter <laughs> player good reference <laughs> what are the kids go, playing man. these days double dragon i don't know <laughs> but I think I think Street Fighter is still a big thing. Oh, dude, that's, yeah, Street Fighter comps are still fucking huge in Japan. Absolutely massive. Yeah, massive. Like all, all all over the world. Still get those highlights world. of those tournaments are fucking ace. They're so good. When a guy's got it's... sort of like one one pixel of health left and he somehow storms back and wins, you think, holy shit! Yeah, like awesome. blocks fucking fifty hits in a row and then yeah. pulls out a special move. It's like, oh yeah, fucking hell. Fantastic. All right, let's get to the main event. Let's get to the main event. <laughs> I'm blanked for a second. It's like we've done another series. What, what's the what's the main event? Oh yes! <laughs> oh, everyone, warm up. Lean in, children. We'll gather round. We'll tell a story. <laughs> gather round, everybody. Let's have a little story time. I'm going to be playing a lot of devil's advocate on this little series discussion. Okay, I don't necessarily believe these things, but I think it's good for the show sometimes if I can offer the opposite opinions to Will. With that said, with that I, I said... I, for one, think this is all Connor's fault. <laughs> with that said, let me ask this question. You know, last year, in the, the narrative in the playoffs was, was that Nathan McKinnon was a better player because when it matters, he will deliver. Is, Connor, is Nathan McKinnon a better player than Connor McDavid? Nah, he fucking ain't. He ain't. <laughs> all due respect to, to Nathan McKinnon, who's, who's fantastic. Yeah, we all love... We all love Nate, but it's Conor McDavid, like, and he's had such a good season. He's had such a good year, playoffs notwithstanding. He got Keith was still a point per game in this fucking situation, was he? Or uh, he had at least three. I haven't checked after last night, but um, yeah, he's a point per game. Yeah, uh, there you go. Exactly, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but you know what McKinnon, you know what McKinnon's at, don't you? More than two points per game. So I'm just saying. Yeah, but but <laughs> who's just saying? I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna list off the remainder of of the Avalanche and the Oilers rosters. But that's McKinnon. The, that's a difference, isn't it? McKinnon's over a point per game in his playoff career. He's very good. He's very good. I'm. I'm not. I'm not gonna disparage Nathan McKinnon. But like Conor McDavid is fucking out there. He's out there. The fact that we're even having this conversation, comparing someone who has 
you know, been to conference finals, yada, 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 comparing him with Colin McDavid, shows that, yeah, Colin McDavid is the fucking, he's the bee's knees, isn't he? I do agree with you. I do agree with you. It is the. It's a very simple. It's a very simple way to settle the debate, which is well, if you swap over Connor McDavid and Nate McKinnon, and then see who performs, because it's very simple. Yeah, you put Connor McDavid on the line with Ranton and Alanderskog. What do you? Like, what do you fucking think is going to happen? Connor McDavid has uh, Nathan McKinnon on his team, and he's still the better player on his team. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah, that's that's my thing. Did you? Uh, did you? Did you see the? Edmonton post-series kind of presser because a few things out of that I kind of found a bit odd. One was that the Oilers, none of them seemed a bit annoyed or bothered or frustrated. It was all, well, it's a learning experience. You know, there's always bumps in the road and all that kind of crap. And what irked me about that is that works if you're a young team or if you've got two or three superstars who have just come into the league. But the fact of the matter is, like we said, you've got the top two point scorers in the league this year. And you've got two of the top three point scorers in the league combined for the last six years. And I just think the kind of... I'd be frustrated if I was an Oilers fan and I was hearing, well, you know, we're going in the right direction. It's all bumps in the road. It's a learning experience. What can you do? It was almost that. It was almost kind of a, what can you do? And I get it. Three of the games went to OT. That's fine, but one of them absolutely should not have because you're up 4-1 with nine minutes left. There's no way that game should be going to OT. And then you lose that game. The fact it even went to OT and then you lost, that's not acceptable. I get it. Josh Archibald takes a stupid penalty, but you then still had a two-goal lead after that and pissed it away. And and this is in an elimination game four to get swept. So like it's it's the fucking... No, was it was it in game four? Or game no, three? game three. Game three. Yeah. Game three. Game three. Still, point still stands. To be honest, like you're fucking two games down already to a team with an AHL defense. When you have what are what are soon to be three of the of three no, no, two players who between them have won three of the last five Hart trophies. Forget forget points. Like they have been deemed the best. It's not like they're just racking them up. They are playing fucking incredible hockey between them. And yeah, to get to that point, like you say, great teams have, have big slip-ups every now and again. Fucking look, the, the Lightning got bounced by, by the fucking Blue Jackets, didn't they? After after giving up a lead and all that. Like, that that happens. But to have that happen when you're already two games down, in, in one of the games you, you lost a 1-0 OT with two of the best offensive talents in in the world. It's, it's inexcusable. It's the litany of errors, you know? I mean... There was there was a couple of years where we kind of stopped this conversation from happening, but it's rearing its head again for good reason. The Oilers are just as bad as the fucking Sabres. Just as bad as the Sabres. They were just lucky enough to get Dreisaitl instead of Reinhardt. That's the fucking difference. And then the kind of... I think people seem to be forgetting what happened last year in, in the bubble. In the, the fucking Blackhawks ranked, what, 20-whatever they were, just came in and just fucking wiped the floor with the Oilers. You can't, you can't keep having. How many learning experiences do you need? Where to me, a learning experience is you get so close, but you just needed that bit extra just to get over that little bit. And you could say that when when did the others get to the? When did he first play in the playoffs? Was it uh, Connor? Two thousand seventeen. Seventeen. And who did they play again? And oh, my fucking. Brain. Who lost against the fucking Ducks? 
I was the oh my god, it was the Ducks. You're right. Okay, but ducks. but okay, that's his second season. You lose to a team that has got history, that knows how the playoffs work. They've got that kind of I know I say this, but I kind of annoy the but that kind of mentality, that playoff hockey mentality. Okay, mm-hmm. this is now a different Built game. for the playoffs. Yeah, new rules for the playoffs. It's a new league. We're starting again, basically. And you have to get used to that. So you could say that. You could say, all right, you know what? That Duck Series, that's a good learning experience for these guys. And, and, and then to get they, to the second round is still no joke. Like, if yeah, you exactly. gone yeah. from there and sprung off and carried on, that's, that's fucking good. That's, that's an achievement. I know teams. I know teams that are going to get knocked out in the second round this season will probably complain and say we should have done this. It's so hard to win a round in the playoffs because everything changes. Everything changes. So then they don't even qualify for the playoffs the next two years, and then the year after that they get beat in four by the Blackhawks, who were bad. And then this year in, they get in, fucking in the qualifying round. In the qualifying, yeah. So they don't round. even make the playoffs. They don't even make the playoffs technically. And then this year they get swept. By like you say, the two best offensive players, probably the two best players and offensive players in the league, and they get swept by an AHL defense. That's not. I don't understand where this kind of ah well, we're still learning. Kind of, you should not be learning at this point. I don't understand how that's a. Uh, you know, you've you've got to make a series of this at least. And like I said, the North Division. Obviously, yeah, I I was like, yeah, Toronto are going to beat Montreal. Edmonton, Winnipeg could have gone either way. It really could, but to get swept and to kind of like stupid plays and even McDavid, like it's his that he cost them the game. He cost them the OT goal because he tries to go down the wall and he gets stripped of the puck on a long change. You should know better than that. The team should know better than that. And I, yeah, I don't get this kind of ah, you know, we'll be fine. Why? Who? Why will you? Who on that team is still learning? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, they ain't even that young. They aren't even that young. Granted, all right. There's what six players younger than McDavid on that team. McDavid himself is 24 now, so he's not that this is McDavid's fault. But you know, when he's he's the leader of your team and he's 24, you aren't a fucking young team. And those players are a a bit part players by and large. You know, Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, Evan Bouchard, McLeod. Yamamoto and Puyavi. Talented players, very talented players, but they are not the core, I wouldn't say. They are, you know, young, up and coming, complementary players. It's the same difference as the fucking St. Louis Blues saying we're still fucking learning because they've got like Jordan Cairo and fucking Robert Thomas on there. The core and the leadership group and, and the, the foundation of that Oilers team is fucking, if you're still fucking learning, it's because you've built a team of such shit players that haven't been to the fucking playoffs before. <laughs> where there are, there is no excuse for it there is no excuse and the worrying thing if I'm an Oilers fan if I'm an Oilers player is it's very much the same things about Buffalo how do you fucking change it now? how do you change it especially for the Oilers where this is the second lot of superstar high draft picks rebuild that they've gone through the only kind of thing that is kind of being mentioned around the Oilers and the chances that they've got to change things is that they're going to have a ton of players coming off the books this year. But as we've said before, you have to then spend that money well. They're going to have to, what have they got? 17, 17 players signed for next year and a cost of around 60 million. So they're going to have around 22 million to spend. I listened to a um, one of the Edmonton TSN shows yesterday, just to, sorry, this morning, just to get their views on the uh, what's kind of needed and how they thought the series had gone and all that kind of thing. And the presenter started out by saying, you know what, they just they really just need 
a decent top six winger or maybe a, a bottom six winger and probably a right shot guy who can take some face-offs and probably just two defensemen and a goalie. <laughs> I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> right. So you basically need half a team then. You need half a team and you're going to fill up for free agency where players get the most money and get the worst deals. I just... And there's also a question of who's, who's actually a decent free agent that you're going to be able to get this year. Yeah, who's going to make your team way better? It's, it's not like there's a bunch of players out there who are that kind of, oh, we can get this guy for this much money and he'll really change our team around. Because the players who are, the players who are going to be available and who are decent players, are you going to, are you going to go to Edmonton? Maybe they are. So far, I've seen, so far on this list, there are, do, 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 there are five players in the top 20 who are under 31. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? So, I mean, you're not, you're not going to get Taylor Hall. Brandon Saad, I don't think you're going to get Brandon Saad. Right, Nugent Hopkins is already your player. Dougie Hamilton, you're not going to get Dougie Hamilton. And there's Gabriel Landeskog, mm-hmm. you're not going to get him. So what, you're going to be shopping around for fucking, I don't know, Brandon Dubinsky or Derek Stepan or whatever. You know, like I just... Your Thomas Tatars, your Mike Hoffmans, like none of them, none of them are going to make that difference necessarily. No. And, and, and again, it's like you say, are they even going to fucking come to Edmonton? Probably not. And they're going to need, they absolutely, absolutely have to get a goalie. They have to get a goalie. You're relying on four, nearly 40-year-old Mike Smith to be the guy and do back-to-backs and all that shit in the postseason. You're talking about like, oh, well, this is a learning, a fucking learning experience should be maybe don't let people sign shitty contracts on your team. So you haven't got to spend the whole time trying to sort it all out and bail it all out. It's a- yeah, I, I, it's one of those ones where like, I, I don't have a clue how it's going to work out because, like like Kuznetsov, just about everything that could have gone wrong for this team has gone wrong. They're poorly constructed. They've got money in the wrong places in people like Mikko Koskinen, stuff like that. And it's just been going on for so long. Multiple general managers, multiple restructurings of the of the front office. What is it about this team that is just so rotten to the core? I don't know. I've got no idea. And on top of that as well, you so, okay, yeah, you've got money coming off this year, but two of those players are two of your top four defensemen. So Adam Larson and Tyson Barry are coming off the books. And Tyson's Barry going to want a long-term deal, and he's going to expect to get more than what he got this year because he was the top-scoring points defenseman in the league. I get it. We discussed why. But still, that's that fact of facts, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah, exactly. So he's going he's gonna to be looking at it going, well, I'm worth at least four and a half, five. Look how many points I had last year. You're not going to get him again on a sweet deal. I just... <laughs> and, and then you've got, like we said, you've got um, Nugent Hawkins coming off. And if you're saying you need a top six winger or, or somebody who could take face-offs, yeah, he's not a right shot, but you're already losing one of those fucking players. So you've got to get two of them. I always say, don't I, that every, every off-season, there's two or three teams I cannot wait to see what they do and how they handle it. And Edmonton's one of them this year because they've got money to spend and they've got a chance to... They've got a chance through free agency to actually rebuild this team and try and sort it out. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they are going to do it. And it's going to be super interesting to see what they do and how they go about trying to fix it. Because yeah, they they have to do something, which is which is the six years, exciting part of it. Yeah, six years in of Connor, 
and they haven't fucking figured it out yet. They've won one playoff round with Conor McDavid. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. So bad. So bad. But shout out to the Winnipeg Jets. Great job. A great job. What did McDavid have against them this year? Was it 20 20 points in nine games or something like that? Totally shut him down. Played him perfectly. And you know what? If they can... I know we fucking lament their, their D, but they played really well. And if they do the kind of Islanders thing, okay, our D isn't that good, but if we play to a system and stick to our system, it kind of doesn't really matter who's back there because we've got Connor Hellebuck, who, aside from one game, was really good. Really good. Played out of and, his mind 9.50 across four games. Fucking hell. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And then sometimes, like, like the thing with the goalies, as we kind of circle back around to goalies, but... Sometimes your goalie is going to help you win a game. Sometimes the goalie needs you to help him win a game. And that's what happened in that, in that 5-4 OT game. He lets in four goals, not looking good. His team gets one back. And then you could start to see Hellebuck think... Like, Hellebuck then kind of played really well in that last bit and that OT. Because he thought, oh, okay, my guys have got me back into this now. So I'm not going to let him down. And he, and he didn't. He was absolutely great. It's going to be... I mean, the, yeah, I mean, the, the Habs are not winning that series. So Winnipeg-Toronto is going to be really interesting. Really interesting. Well, uh, we'll come back to this next week when it's Winnipeg-Habs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but again, yeah, like I said, fair play to Winnipeg. They've, uh, they've created this narrative that, you know, maybe he needs to turn things around or look for somewhere else to go or all that kind of thing because they, uh, they got the win. So congrats to the Jets. I don't want to try and, try and take anything away from you because you deserve plenty of credit. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's probably going to end in the second round, but then everyone said that it probably would end in the in the first round. So fucking, who knows? Know. Who you knows? never know. Two very, very last quick things. As we record this, Team GB is better than Team Canada. Let that sink in. And... <laughs> I thought we'd let you know. <laughs> yeah. I thought you would know. I thought you should know. I mean, t- you know, GB ice hockey is going to take over the world at some point, Canada. You've lost your national sport. No big deal. That's fine. Don't worry about it. We've... <laughs> We've done that British thing where we've taken something and claimed it's our own. You know, we've got history. That's all right. That's fine. <laughs> we're, we're very well versed in uh, in this. Oh, fucking Connor needs to go to the world, doesn't he? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I think I think he's probably um, probably sick of the worlds by now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then the last thing: Did you see? Uh, it was the Putin game last week, and we didn't was cover it? it. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay, so his team won 13-9. How many goals did he score? 12. It's got to be 12. Ah, oh, no. He had a bad game. It was only nine. <laughs> only, only, only who, who, was, who was on the Putin team? Who, any, any notable faces? It was, a lot of, it was a lot of ex-Russian players and then lots of members of parliament. Was the, uh, was the th- I, he can barely skate. I watched the extended. I watched the extended highlights like it's on fucking match of the day or something. <laughs> of, course, of course, he fucking did. He can, be- dude. He can barely skate. I thought he was at least like a half decent skater. No, it's just. I don't know. I'm surprised, but yeah, it's just lots of slow pinballing around, bouncing off people, and then him finding himself somehow five foot out with an open goal. You know? he's, he's a he's a bit of a, a bit of a nail Yakupov, isn't it? Yeah, you look at his game in isolation, you think this guy isn't really all that good. Like maybe he's got a decent enough shot, but. He's not got the tools to succeed, but he finds himself in those open areas, doesn't he? He sometimes, he sometimes finds a way, doesn't he? 
It just does. I mean, you don't you don't put up as many goals as Yakupov and Putin have without having some sort of X factor. Do you know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You can't teach it well, can you? You can't teach that no. kind of spatial awareness, finding yourself free on the ice like that. You can't teach it. He's a, he's it's a the most important skill in the game of hockey, scoring goals. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, all right, there we go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will, any last words? Um, nah, nah, be careful with your deep sea diving, everybody. We've we've all learned a valuable lesson today. Oh, God, yeah. As I go off to start sweating again, terrified, <laughs> I'll uh, leave you with that. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.